The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, they looked around. They saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Since it is Valentine's Day, I feel it only appropriate to tell you about my Valentine, my wife Stacy. She and I met uh, at Camp Lutheridge, which is a Lutheran camp in Arden, North Carolina, right outside of Asheville. We were both counselors there, and we met and fell in love. And it was a wonderful summer, the best two and a half months of my life. It was great, you know, and I remember, though, throughout the day, because we couldn't be with each other the whole time because, well, we did have a job to do and we had to watch the kids that we were with. But every mealtime, I would look forward to being able to just catch a glimpse of her face. And, and then in the evening, how excited I was that we would be able to spend an hour after the kids went to bed. But then... As summers often do, it came to an end. And there was a bit of a problem. You see, while I was a student at Lenorine in Hickory, North Carolina, she was a student at Newberry College in Newberry, South Carolina, two and a half hours apart. And so for the next three years, she and I commuted back and forth every weekend. One would go to Hickory or one would go to Newberry over and over and over again. This was before the days of free, well, free long distance. And so our long distance bills were astronomical. There was no FaceTime. There really wasn't much email. But we made it. We made it through the long distance relationship. And then on J July the 6th, 1996, that's 25 years for those of you who can't do quick math. It'll be 25 years this summer. She and I were married at, at, at Newberry College. And a day later, we took our honeymoon. She and I went to Hilton Head Island, which um, a lot of folks in South Carolina have been there. And we had been there before, but it was a wonderful place. And we knew it was wonderful. We had a nice little condo that we stayed in. And we got there on Sunday, and, and then Monday was a great day. I remember laying out on the beach next to her and just thinking, you know, this is wonderful. We finally made it. We finally get to begin our life together, and this is great. I could handle doing this forever. And then I realized what all that began to mean. Because fear started to creep in. Because I realized that when we left our honeymoon, we were moving to Columbia. Seminary was going to start. And I had wanted to go to seminary for a long time, but, you know, rumor was it wasn't easy. And Stacy was going to have to find a teaching job. She didn't have one yet. And if she didn't find a teaching job, I don't know what we would have done. And then it sort of hit me, guess what? When we get back, we got to be grown-ups. 
we got to cook our own food. we got to clean our own house. we got to pay our own bills. And so the stress level just kept rising and rising and rising. And so I finally said, you know what? I just want to stay at Hilton Head because it's awesome here. And we don't have to deal with any of that. We can just lay out here on the beach all day long. Have you ever been in that position? Well, that's a kind of a dumb question. Of course you have. I mean, we've all been on vacation before, haven't we? When we, we just sit back and say, you know what? I don't know why I'm even thinking about going home. Because this place is incredible. The views are great. The company's wonderful. The weather's awesome all the time. Let's just stay here. Because here, there's a whole lot less worrying. We don't have to worry about all the things that have to be done. We don't have to worry about our coworker in the cubicle next to us. We don't have to worry about our neighbor's dog coming in and messing in our yard. We don't have to worry about anything. All we have to worry is just about being. We love that feeling, don't we? But it's not just about vacations. We've all experienced it in other times of our lives too. I mean, we, even though life may not be as great as we want it, at least we know how it is, right? I mean, we might stay in a job that we don't particularly like because at least we've got a job and at least we know what to expect. We may stay in a relationship that's not healthy or, or maybe even abusive because we're afraid of what life might be like without this person. We end up doing things and, and living in places that we don't particularly feel like are meant for us because a move just seems so daunting. And so we stay in place. Not because necessarily we always want to, but because we're afraid of what might happen if we move forward. See, today is Transfiguration Sunday, and, and we catch a glimpse of that in, in Mark's gospel. It begins by saying, after six days, or six days later. Well, six days after what? It just so happened that six days prior to this, Peter had had a really good day. Sort of. Jesus asked, who do the people say that I am? And, and the disciples answered, well, some say you're... John the Baptist come back from the dead. Some say Elijah. Some say one of the prophets. And then Jesus says, well, who do you say that I am? And, Jesus, and Peter boldly steps up and says, you are the Messiah. Ding, ding, ding. Good answer, Peter. Tell him what he's won. Well, while Peter was still feeling pretty good about himself, Jesus asked, began to tell them exactly what it meant to be the Messiah. He said that he was going to go to Jerusalem and he would be rejected by the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders and be killed and on the third day rise from the dead. And Peter said, no, 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 no. God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. To which Jesus replied, get behind me, Satan. Talk about stinging, you know? Peter went from being on top of the world to being wanting to live under it. I mean, the Messiah just basically called him Satan. Well, this was six days later. Six days after that. And I'm sure Peter was, Peter's ego was still hurting a little bit, you know. But Jesus took him and James and John and they went up a high mountain apart from everybody else. Just the four of them. 
And then while they were there, all of a sudden Jesus' clothes became dazzling white. The text says so bright that no bleach on earth could make them that white. And then Moses and Elijah were standing there just chilling with Jesus, just having a chat. And it says that Peter spoke up because he didn't know what else to do. He didn't know what to say. So he goes, you know what, Jesus? Tell you what, teacher. Got an idea. Let's say that we build three dwellings. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. No, 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 no. Just, just hear me out. Hear me out. You know, I mean, I know Peter, James, and, you know, James, John, and I, we don't need a place. We'll sleep on the ground. Rain? I know you'll take care of that, Jesus. We got that. No, no, no. We'll stay here. We don't have to go anywhere. We'll just stay up here. Because if you stay up here, then everything's great. And even though they were terrified, Peter was more terrified about what would happen if they didn't stay here. Because if they, if they went down that mountain, if they took that next step, he knew what that meant. They were headed to Jerusalem. And Jesus had already said what was going to happen when they got there. He was going to be Rejected by the scribes, the chief priests, and the elders. He'd be handed over. He'd be betrayed. He'd be mocked. He'd be beaten. He'd be killed. If they just stayed there, see, they knew how that was. Everything would be okay. Everything would be great just the way it is. Then a cloud began to overshadow them. And a voice of God from the cloud This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. And at once, it was just the four of them alone. So what now? They had to go back down. Because listening to Jesus meant moving forward. And see, that's when it gets really scary, doesn't it? But sometimes there's just no choice. I was telling you about mine and Stacey's honeymoon earlier, but I didn't tell you the whole story. On Monday, I was laying out by the beach. On Tuesday, she and I were walking down the beach, and I remember overhearing a couple talking about this hurricane that was out in the ocean. And I thought to myself, and I probably even said out loud, those people are clearly from up north. There's a hurricane somewhere in the Atlantic, and they think it's going to hit here. And so, I mean, it was a beautiful day. Not a cloud in the sky. Later that afternoon, she and I, you know, around lunchtime, we went out, laid out by the pool. And I decided, you know what, I'd kind of, I'm a little parched, so I don't want to get a drink. So I went upstairs, got my wallet, and when I came back down, it was like I had entered another dimension. Because all the employees of the condo were taking all of the lawn chairs and throwing them into the swimming pool. And then there was this guy on, on a bullhorn saying, There has been a mandatory evacuation for Hilton Head Island. You must pack up and leave immediately. What? Hurricane Bertha was supposedly bearing down on Hilton Head Island. And so the the local officials, not even the governor, the local officials called for a mandatory, mandatory evacuation of the island. It took about six hours to make the two hour trip home. Four of those hours were spent on Hilton Head Island trying to get off. See, I wanted to stay there forever, but we couldn't 
we had to move forward. We had to go. See, that's how it is with God, my friends. You and I are, are called to move forward. We're not always able to stay where it's nice, where it's comfortable, where it's known. We're called to move ahead. We're called to keep going and moving forward. A wise man once told me, he said, you know, if you ain't moving forward, you're moving backwards. And I said, that's not true. You could be standing still. He said, oh, no. The world's always moving. And if you're standing still, you're going backwards. And he's right. As children of God, you and I are called to constantly move forward. We are constantly being called to follow the master wherever we're being called to go. And so that means we have to do exactly what that voice of God said. Listen. We must stop and listen to God. And find out where it is that we're being sent. And what moving forward looks like in our lives and in the life of the world. See, here in the past year, it's felt almost like, well, everything's been on pause, right? And i got to be honest with you, I'm a little afraid of what it's going to be like when the pandemic comes to an end. Because for a while it was like, you know, we got to open things back up. we got to get things back to normal. we got to make things happen. And, and, and the thing is, I'm sure now, though, some of us have gotten pretty comfortable doing church in our pajamas. We like not ever having to leave the house for, for anything like that. And so we don't because this is comfortable. This is known. But then again, we also want things to go back the way they were before. You know, like we'll just take a, a, um, a dry erase marker and just erase all of 2020 and half of 2021 like it never happened. But see, it did happen, and the world has changed. And so even though we want things to return to different than they are now, they never will be back to normal because there will be a new normal. Because we're constantly called to be moving forward. We're constantly being called to go down the mountain into that difficult world, into a world that may be scary, that may be uncomfortable, and yet that is what we as children of God are called to do. We're not called to be in here. We're called to go out there. Out there to a world that needs good news. Out there to people who are struggling in mind, body, and spirit. Out there to people who feel lost, rejected, and alone. This Wednesday, we begin the season of Lent. A journey down the mountain. A time when we actually get to stop for a moment. Well, not really stop, but pause. Pause to listen. To, to really search ourselves and, and ask, what is it that God is calling me to do? What is it that God's calling us to do? How is God calling us to change the world? But whatever it is, my friends, I can promise you one thing. It ain't to stay up here on a mountain. We've got to come down. We've got to listen. We've got to follow. Amen.